This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The number one selling product of its kind with over 20 years of research and innovation. Botox Cosmetic, out botulinum toxin A, is a prescription medicine used to temporarily make moderate to severe frown lines, crow's feet, and forehead lines look better in adults. Effects of Botox Cosmetic may spread hours to weeks after injection, causing serious symptoms. Alert your doctor right away as difficulty swallowing, speaking, breathing, eye problems, or muscle weakness may be a sign of a life-threatening condition. Patients with these conditions before injection are at highest risk. Don't receive Botox Cosmetic if you have a skin infection. Side effects may include allergic reactions, injection site pain, headache, eyebrow and eyelid drooping, and eyelid swelling. Allergic reactions can include rash, welts, asthma symptoms, and dizziness. Tell your doctor about medical history, muscle or nerve conditions including ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease, myasthenia gravis, or Lambert-Eaton syndrome and medications, including botulinum toxins, as these may increase the risk of serious side effects. For full safety information, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. See for yourself at BotoxCosmetic.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result... You'll always be winning with muck delivery, just like Leicester City this season. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app. And you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. You are watching and listening to Chris and Lester Till I Die TV on YouTube and your favorite podcasts. Matt Elliott here. Hi, Alan Smith here. Hey guys, Ian Hume here. Hi everybody, Jerry Taggart here. Be sure to watch Chris and Leicester Till I Die TV for all the latest Leicester City news and information. You can also subscribe on YouTube and various social media channels for the latest updates and news on Come on, you foxes!
Right, Chris. All white there. All white in the back. How the devil are we all? Happy? Ho, ho, ho. Look, it was snowing. We are less than a month of Christmas. Let's get into the spirit. It was an early Christmas present from Leicester today. <laughs> Leicester City. Well, can you believe this? Let me just bring this up. Look at this. Look, Leicester City 4. Man, uh, Watford, is it Manchester United then? Oh, <laughs> oh yes, we remember that well. Watford 2, Leicester City 4, Watford 2. What a game. I must admit, I thought it was going to be called off. I thought that is just typical of Leicester. We were 3-1 up at the time, and this game is going to get called off. It didn't happen, thankfully. Um, but it was, well, they got one back, but um, hey, we held on. And at the end, it was a good result. This is Leicester Till I Die TV. This is where you can watch us. And I am losing my voice. This is where you can also listen to us as well. <laughs> on your favourite podcast platform or ask your smart speaker to play the podcast Lester Till I Die. Subscribe, like, follow and join in now. Indeed, we are all over the place. Um, <clears throat> new thing that we've started doing, and I, I love doing this when it's good news. Um, I don't enjoy it so much when it's not good, but it's on this day for Lester. Leicester City FC on this day in history with Leicester Till I Die TV. What were you doing? What were you doing this day on the 28th of November 2015? I'll tell you what, if you were actually at the King Power, you would have probably been wiping your eyes in disbelief because it was on this day in 2015 that Jamie Vardy scored for Leicester City against Manchester United at the King Power Stadium to rewrite the record books. The goalman Vardy, if you remember, had scored 11 consecutive Premier League games, breaking the record set by Man United striker Ruud van Nistelrooy 12 years earlier. And not only that, Ruud, and you were very generous to Jamie, but Jamie managed to do it all in one season. He didn't have a mid-season break halfway through. Did I say that out loud? Um, let's just guess. Great memories there. Daisy, uh, I'm guess Daisy uh, from Devils United TV has gone off now because her team have just kicked off. Um, Rennie, how the devil am I? I'm actually, believe it or not, rather good. I think I'm hiding it well, though. How are you? Uh, David, hello. Um, nice to see you as usual, and nice to see you as well, David. You are welcome. Facebook user, not sure who you are, but hi. Good game. Uh, Melina, Arsenal, great. Good win for you today, Arsenal fan. Thanks for joining us, Melina. How is Canada? We had There was snow in Leicester. In fact, it snowed that much that Burnley Tottenham was called off at Burnley. And yet down here in Paul, where I live, glorious sunshine. Glorious sunshine. Um, David, nice intro there. Thank you so much, young man. Um, and uh, Rennie said she's good. 
It is the post-match show, and for two two games running, we're well, gonna ha- you're gonna have two little happy elves because <laughs> this is Lest It Till I Die post-match show. With Ladies, and Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for the main event, the main event of the, of the evening. evening: sixty minutes of minutes football, football fun and banter, fun banter with, Chris with Chris and Lest It Till I Die TV. TV. Are you ready? Ready? Let's get ready to rumble. Are you rumbling, my fellow elf? Uh, well, I'm definitely happy with the football, mate. I'll say that much. <laughs> what did uh, I must admit? I it took me about well, if I say I joined just as Jamie Vardy scored his first goal. Up until then, I did message you saying you're on your own tonight, mate. I can't see it, and I the, even the Leicester City link my radio was down. But my God, I'm glad I managed to find something to watch it on in the end. But it was no joke, was it? <sighs> He's ruined it already. He's ruined it already. There we go. <laughs> No, it wasn't, mate, but it was honestly, and I know people will probably sweep it under the carpet and say, oh, well, the conditions made football things irrelevant to a sense, like it was slippy services and things were going to go wrong and tactics were out the window. But I tell you what, Leicester played no differently. Leicester played no differently in that snow. They really didn't. All they did was go, instead of aerial balls, we'll play it on the floor. They showed how to play in weather conditions like that. Yeah, that was impressive. Yeah. And to be honest with you, in in a way, the match was almost over before it started snowing because it didn't really until just before half time start to come down, did it? No, it really didn't. It was about ten minutes to the end, and uh, I, it made me laugh when they were showing the replays of of, of Jamie Vardy's um, goals near the end of the match when the match was, you know, it was a, a literally at its end point. Yeah, um, and the commentator said. Two goals that have just shown you there. I think it might have been actually Madison coming off, who was probably man of the match, no doubt, with his performance. Yeah. It might it might not have been Vardy, but it showed you the goal that he scored. And when he scored that in conditions, that we have to tell you it was the same game because it was on glorious green grass when Madison um, said thank you very much to the Watford defender for giving him such a, an early Christmas gift. Yeah, uh, and then you look at where the other goals came from and the state of the pitch throughout. It's kind of like, yeah, that happened over ninety minutes. Yeah, <laughs> it did. And I, I was laughing because Burnley was called off, called off, and as you know, called off, called off. And as you know, I lived there for uh, quite a few years. And uh, obviously, it's grim up north, and you could always tell when you get to Burnley because it's always wet and dank and cold. Um, and I was laughing. And then, of course, that happened. And I looked out my window to make sure I wasn't in a parallel universe because I had glorious sunshine down here. But um, <laughs> you northerners, you, you're made of stronger stuff, aren't you? <laughs> you, you, you... <laughs> yeah, well, we've had it actually pretty bad here over the course of the day as well. Um, mm. But, uh, yeah, it, it was definitely something out of nowhere. Um, but I never feared the game getting called off. Um, just, just, Just for one reason. Um, I've remembered several games where the weather's been like that at the King Power, not just Philbert Street. I'm only going back as far as can't remember our opposition now. I'm pretty sure it was Ipswich Town. It was. If you're thinking about the one where it was on telly, yeah, it where it was on telly. Off, and yeah, it I remember. Mid- yeah, I remember. I remember players abandoning their their cars in traffic to get to the one 0 win against Middlesbrough for the same reasons. 
I remember anyone that saw can remember the years back in the nineties. Anyone remember the Blackburn game that played was played in complete fog? You know, I don't so, remember that. No, no, no. I, I must admit that one. I don't remember. Yeah, Chris Sutton, I think, scored, and, and we scored one all from a free kick from Lennon, um, and and it was played in complete fog. You couldn't yes. see it. You literally missed it. <laughs> I mean. I felt sorry for the guys that were having to sort the pitch. I mean, they did it at half-time at uh, Man City. They delayed the start of the second half because they were clearing the pitch. And they did a very good job, I've got to be honest with you, the whole pitch. But obviously with Leicester, it wasn't that bad at half-time. But I did, this is making my ears itch, it might have to come off soon. <laughs> if, um, I, I saw one guy, he was, he was walking around with like a reverse leaf blower and blowing the hot air. And then another poor guy was there with his shovel. And I thought, that's a bit inequality, isn't it? <laughs> What did they do? Do rock, paper, scissors before like, you? Like, you're going to get you the. Definitely, you definitely, you definitely um, they all do a great job, especially at Leicester's ground. Yeah. Um, as, as you know, I've I worked there and, and know a few, fair few of them um, from my time there. And they do yeah. a good job, but you definitely know who's the apprentice and learning and who's got the easier job. <laughs> you definitely get that with, with that. There is, there is that everywhere you uh, go, I suppose. But I mean, this, I, I put it up earlier. I mean, you can just about see the ball, and it was a it was an orange ball as well. But I mean, fair play to the players because I don't think there was there was, there was one booking in that game, and there were some tackles going in. And credit to players of both sides played it very well. Yeah, 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 they did. I mean, you you could argue that it maybe took both teams a different style to adjust to the game a little bit. Uh, when the snow was so heavy on, on on the pitch, I mean, you could argue the start to the second half express that Watford were trying to play the, I think you'd call it the weather technique or the skid technique. You know, they were playing the balls yeah. over the top behind our defence, which Leicester seemingly reverted to near the end of the match because they, they were two goals up and any team would in that situation given weather conditions. But, you know, they, they learned that that wasn't always going to be the case. Leicester got in quite a lot, actually, then, you know, reversing that on Watford. You know, and Castagne probably figured that you can't dawdle on it. You've got to be preempting the preempting the sense of the ball and make sure you're as close to it as possible. You can't let it run across you because players get away with it a bit more. I think, obviously, I'm probably saying nice, warm conditions or just not a, you know, not a horrid day of coming down with rain or snow like it was today mm. for the players, I think maybe there were some tackles today that a card would have come out for, if we're being perfect honest, because there'd have been no excuse for some yeah. of the extra momentum towards it. But, you know, I don't argue with anything that went on in today's game in terms of mistakes made, um, i.e. with Castagne, because his crunching tackle, which was kind of like, well, if you're going to get away with it, obviously I can get away with it, led mm. to... Leicester restoring their goal lead. So it, it all balanced itself out. And I think Leicester over the 90 actually deserved it because they played the conditions better than Watford to a point. Nice return for Claudio. The crowd uh, gave him a good welcome back. Yeah. Uh, I know you said earlier, I don't know who Daisy is, but Maisie commented. Uh, and she's obviously doing her watch long now, so I, I very much like watching it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you called her Daisy. Uh, she'll oh, be well, I call her, I call her worse to her face, believe me. <laughs> well, yeah, probably just it is you, mate. But no, um, 
you know that you know if she watches it back later and there is any other United fans in there, that's how you do it. <laughs> that, don't worry, we've got revenge for you. We'll, we'll show you how to, to do beat Watford. I know. I mean that that before we get onto the match itself, that is sums for me. It sums the season up. And I know I know Rennie and David, you're talking man of the match. We'll, we'll come on to that later. I'll bring your comments up then. But I mean, it is Watford beat Man United. We beat Watford. <laughs> we beat Man United. We lose to um, you know a, a team down the bottom. What a season it's turning out to be. You know, you uh, you explained to me how football because <laughs> I don't get it this season uh, it's, it's it has been I mean you know obviously we we predominantly focus on Leicester being a Leicester channel for you know it might sound yeah. silly and obvious but we don't sit here and only just notice everything Leicester does when we're not mm. talking about them on the camera we've seen it all season we've maybe had some remind some fans that have you know just had that tunnel vision looking at the state of Leicester and I, I know it's it's not a get out of jail free or an excuse by any means, but we're not the only team that are suffering with injuries or suffering with dips in form or suffering to find our feet or not being consistent. It, it seems to be a very adverse effect with this year. And we've had to give credit to all of our oppositions more this season, which isn't ideal. We don't like doing it, but we, we like to be fair. And, you know, when we play certain teams like the West Ham or, you know, we discussed that first opening half hour against Arsenal, we give a lot of credit to these oppositions and it just shows that Leicester aren't the only teams that are also improving and doing these things and Leicester have, and I know we'll get onto it more when I have the segment to, to further back it, but these last two games, and I'm talking the Europa League fixture and this one, are very pleasing for Leicester fans because it also backs up things that have been said post-Warsaw by the manager and the players that suggest that They've maybe found that balance in the slow, slow build-up, patient football, and then the high, quick press um, football. We seem to have found that balance. So hopefully, with the likes of Southampton and a strong Villa side, I won't say anything about the predictions. I'll, I'll save that to next week because I'm having a storm up. <clears throat> but what I will say is, um, you know, they're the sort of games now at Leicester that will go into the games as fans and as players and as the managers going. They play like that, they'll beat them. I'm sorry. I know that might sound preemptive, and people might sound getting ahead of myself. But if we mm. play like that against them teams, Leicester should start to see the points rolling in a bit steadier you, than what they have. Been. You have certainly in the long ball prediction league. You have had a stormer this week. I think it's the first time I've seen anybody get into double points with your 13. Well done. Um, I must admit, I don't know what I did because. I've gone completely against everything I said in the prediction show, and I ended up with one point. Now, how that <laughs> was? <laughs> See, that's the mistake I was making earlier this season, mate. I was trying to hedge my bets between both leagues, and then I realised I'm doing really well in one and crap in the other. So apart from, I think it was apart from the Arsenal game, which I told you about, was the only yeah. one that I hedged my bets on, yeah. which improved my long ball. I mean, yeah. had Leicester won five and not four two, and I got major points, but I think I've got with the bonuses they give you, I've actually got a total of 26 points of the week. So, yeah, you, you I'm the table now get, ones of the weeks, mate. You I'm know you table. have to get all your three bankers correct to get your bonus. Uh, I think you still get a boost of points, but it's not as much as you'll get if you've got all three results. But had Leicester won 5-0, I would have got 
all right. three bankers spot on. Uh, so, I don't know just what I because I complained about. I, I think I think that was yeah. A bit I think the banker does need a bit of a tweak on yes, that. By the way, because yes. I think if you get three results right, you should still get a boost of points. Yes. But that's yeah, well, another thing. Let, let's not talk about that after my uh, one point. <laughs> <laughs> I managed more than that when I did half a week, mate. What's going on? Oh, you know, you look at something, you look at it, and you think, I didn't predict that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the amount of times I've done that, going, oh. I didn't predict a draw. I went three 0 What happened yeah, there? A couple of games, and I'm sat there thinking it must have gone. Oh, anyway, it is what it <laughs> is. But hey, looking at looking at the game today, I mean, line up. It was good to see Johnny Evans back. Um, Thomas is 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 at the moment making that 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 position his own. Lookman, I thought deserved his start. Um, Indeedy, can we just keep him out of the penalty area, please? Yes, Indeedy, please, do not go in our penalty. You want one of those things where you know when you walk into an area, he needs like one of those um those police necklace bracelet things on his leg, so that if he goes into the penalty area, it goes off and somebody can push him out. But anyway, I was, I was disappointed for Marty. I thought he possibly deserved a start, but then how could you leave out Evans if he's fit? Uh, I thought that looked a very good side. Yeah, it does. And as I tell you what, it's credit again to the backroom staff because there was actually a lot of maturity about um, Luke Thomas's defending tonight. Again, it, it probably testament to the fact that Brendan's gone, OK, I, I tell you what, I'll take what I want as a plan B. I'll take what the plan A is and I've merged them together and it's clearly shown effect because what you get with Luke Thomas, and it's credit to him because he's a youngster, he's his age, um, but it just, again, it just shows what Leicester do, regardless of who's in charge. They've been doing it since Puel, um days, bringing the youth through and doing this. And you can see what a sharp youngster we have because normally with Luke Thomas, you either get him in a game against a team where he's told, just defend. Sit back in that. Maybe it's a back five, essentially, and it's a defensive five, not a three at the back. Or he's told to go forward, and he's not found that balance. But today, he got his balance. Even in the snow, he genuinely got his balance of play spot on, in my opinion. He was not too conservative defensively, um, but he was you know he didn't go too far forward and get himself caught out up the field. And he pressed well enough to continue. And again, I'll touch on it more in detail in the mm. tactics segment but he stuck with the game plan that was clear that, that from the defence right through the team, the, the game plan that was clear not to get too carried away with an attack and not to sit too deep on a defensive line and it really worked well for Leicester in the end because I probably look back at that game Chris and if you look back at that over the, the entirety of it again, you probably say apart from banning Ndidi from the box <laughs> Um, and and Castagne realising that snow is not a very good surface to play football on. I don't actually remember Watford, yes, having a lot of chances, but nothing too concrete to make us think, oh, God, Jesus. Right, there was the one that deflated off Sonchu's back, which probably four weeks ago, nine Sonchu's long look goes in off the post, but he probably deserved that look the way he's improved over the last two or three games. Um, I don't really think Watford actually over the 90, especially in that second half, caused us that much to be concerned about thinking they were going to get something from the, the, the result, as long as Leicester always had that comfort in front. He was in the ward today, Castagne, um, not Castagne, um, 
uh, sorry, and she wasn't he? One in the back, one in the face. Yeah, I know, right? It's yeah. kind of like he was yeah. taking the beating for something he was doing in the side. Maybe he was throwing snowballs at them at half time, and indeed he's sacking <laughs> off. Is it Jeff? Thanks for rubbing it in, mate. I don't want to know who's done well in the uh, long ball. <laughs> We're forgetting the long ball. We're gonna, I'm, I'm from now on. We only mention the long ball if I have a good week. It's a new rule. Uh, may, may I just say? May I just say? I think I might have got my first last on the day trophy because Brighton and Leeds finished a, a, a stellar game, but they finished nil nil, which I also oh, no. said as the score. So <laughs> may I just say I may have finally won that trophy as well in the other league. But no, we're not talking about. We're not being smug on this channel. Don't play the clock for Paul. Don't. don't, 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 don't. That said, if yeah. I have a really good week. <laughs> We are going to mention it. This is Lester till <laughs> I die. Mention the predictions. Yes, this is Lester till I die, and um, this is Claudia. I remember what I want to remember. <laughs> Bless him. I miss his press conferences. Um, uh, Eighteen minutes or so in. Uh, and, uh, and I'm not sure it was an attempted header that he misjudged or he thought the goalkeeper was behind him. But thanks uh, thanks to the Watford defender. Um, Madison nips in and slots it away nicely. But in fairness, there would have been a time when he'd have just shot it straight at the goalkeeper. It, it looks like thing, you know, that confidence is slowly coming back. Yeah, yeah, it really does. And, I, and um, he looks like he's been given the role well and truly the way he desires. Maybe that's, you know, when, when we saw Madison outperforming, he, he found himself on the bench and he got back into the team over the last couple of weeks. And I know, again, he didn't complete another 90 minutes. Yeah, right, 88 minutes he came up, but he didn't complete another 90 minutes. But I think, and again, I, I always stress the testament towards one thing I do appreciate about Brendan Rodgers is his man management skills because the way Madison conducts himself in an interview, we've known about for ages, but the way he talks about how his manager's been with him and how, you know, he's obviously got support from the players around him as well. But sometimes you need that manager to put an arm over your shoulder and go, OK, I know you can do better. You know you can do better. How do I get the best out of you? Because I, you know, this is how I feel we should do it. And what, what are your takes on it? And they've got clearly worked together because Madison seems to not be in playing such a, restricted stay in the centre line tech number 10 role if you like he's been given that freedom and I, something was pointed out on, on the commentary I was listening to Chris and like I said I, I'm guessing obviously you missed that because you weren't able to listen to it was um, was that the defender was behind Vardy and I think they fell hotline he fell hotline and sinker for the fact that he went there's their danger man there's their quickest man there's their last mm -hmm. man because this is what yeah. Vardy does Keeper's yeah. got this rookie mistake, mate. Someone did that to me and it absolutely blindsided me as a goalkeeper and it actually flew straight past me because it was a fair shot that this guy had had. So trust me, as a goalkeeper, you hate seeing that. Were well, you? No, I don't think I've ever mentioned, mate. You used to play <laughs> goal quite a lot, right? Um, but no, and, and Madison, and this is what I mean why he's got the free roll. Normally Madison's around that D area of the box, but this time he drifted yeah. in. He went, he slotted in between the defenders. And as soon as that defender went, hey, our master Madison, have yourself a goal. He went, thanks very much. Yes. And, and that was clever by both Leicester and showed the, the, the changes, the slight tweaks that have been done to Madison's game and maybe the freedom he's been given. They got one back. And I don't know about you, I thought, here we go again. Well, yeah, there, there was always a case of that. And then Leicester kind of went, 
no, 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 don't worry about it. We're going to do what we have been doing right when we've been getting it right this season. Here's a goal. It was just typical Leicester, wasn't it? He didn't even have a chance to kind of really let sink and go, oh, God, indeed, he's given away. And I don't like to get critical of players, but the guy had two defenders in front of him. There was no need for that, indeed. But, it was, I mean, I don't like to give credit to it either. It was a really good penalty because Catherine was a full stretch. It went the right way. He nearly but got that, it, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, it was a really good, really good penalty. It was really unfortunate. But mm. Leicester, like I said, Chris, Leicester have been doing what, you know, whilst we've not been accustomed to Leicester scoring from corners, and I know you'll get onto that with another goal in a minute, but we've come accustomed to Leicester conceding a goal and going down the other end and scoring within 10 seconds. And that was something that at least Leicester are not given when they're playing well and playing like this, they're not giving Leicester chance Leicester fans chance to be so disappointed in conceding a goal yes. because they went straight down the other end yes. and made it 2-1. Uh, well, we did, didn't we? I mean, we, we have a habit of doing this. Uh, Vardy, you can't write the guy off. Two goals before half-time. Yeah, I, I put a, twit, uh, a tweet out uh, when he went in on the pub. When you're 34 and supposed to be washed up, but you accidentally make it your eighth and ninth goal of the season, making it 3-1 on the night. But Vardy's not world-class. That's what <laughs> the other people still say about him. 34 got nine goals on the season, and... All right, okay. Tell me he's not one of the most world class Premier League strikers. Come at me because you're not winning the argument. Guy's world class. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and we scored the corner again, Chris. I was say, get the header from the corner. I mean, he doesn't get many with his head, in fairness, but he, you know, he's. I'm, I'm, you kind of say, you just can't write this guy off. I've said, well, maybe this is his last season. You know, I don't know if it is, to be honest with you. Um, <laughs> It can't be if this is what he continues on with, mate. It just can't be. Even I was saying it, weren't I, mate? I was with you. I was saying this is where we're going to see the, the torch get more passed over. Jamie Vardy yeah. went, no, mate. Not yes. yet. I'm still here. 3-1 at half time. And I'm like, yes. I, I, didn't, I was whispering it to myself, like, we're back. I didn't say it out loud, you know, because this is Leicester. But it was good. Half time, it was 3-1. Uh, Jeff says here, Cotton stand why some fans want Rogers out. Some fans you won't be happy with. Um, Max Pickering says, has a fan base that is not happy with the manager, regardless. Yes, yeah. yeah. I mean, every it's a manager, it's a godforsaken job, and you can literally go from minute one to being loved to minute 90 being hated. That's how it is. Um, Max said that was more like it, it definitely was. Uh, Brookline, good evening, Brookline. How the devil are you, sir? All the way from the good old US of A. It appears that booing can be motivational. I mean, I've got to be honest with you. I said midweek, uh, and I don't know that it was you I said it to or not, Brad, but it, it, I don't agree with booing during the passage of play. I, I'm against that totally, you know. But when the whistle goes for the end of either half, it's the fans' way of saying, This is how we feel about that performance. And they've got every right to do that. And if it makes the fan, the players go off thinking, yeah, we didn't play very well that game. We need to do something. Then, yeah, I, I, it's a, you know, it, it worked. Yeah, look, I, I, I don't like to normally get involved in these discussions because, you know, you have to always look at it on two sides of the coin. I, don't, I totally understand why fans do come out and say, you should never boo your team and you should never leave 
too early. The problem is when there's both sides of the argument, and and I'm not going to lie, sometimes it can get a bit airy out there on the, on the world of social media. Like that was a really good thing to invent. Um, but I would, we but wouldn't be I would here like without to it. To, yeah. <laughs> But, but what I would like to say to both sides of, of that argument that say, and, and I think they both make a very good point to, to a thing is the things that people love to forget about when they're making these points, like, oh, if we're losing 3-0 at half time, what am I supposed to go? Yay, well done, lads. We're playing really rubbish. Well done. No, I'm going to boo them and let them know that I'm not happy with what I've paid for and what I've seen. And then you see, all the, and, and again, to the other points where they're going, you should never boo your team and leave early. Okay, maybe fine. You can see the argument about booing it. You know, maybe just don't say anything if that's the case. So they know you're not entertained with what you've come to watch. You're not happy with what you've seen so far. But in terms of that, the thing they miss is key facts and things. First of all, they're leaving early. There's elderly people that go to the games. God bless them. There's probably some frozen old people. There's probably some frozen young children. And what that unfortunately means, as much as they love this club and as much as they try to go to every game possible, there are certain things that cannot be held accountable for. Especially if it's a Sunday game, there might be they've got to get a late, a last train because they're difficult to get back on a Sunday. Just to add to that bit before you go on, I, I when I had that season, when I had my season ticket, I used to travel up every week and I had after the final whistle a three and a half hour drive back down. To get home, yeah. Um, yeah. I Sorry, I left I left three or four minutes early, purely to miss the crowds. Otherwise, it took me you know ages towards the back. It would take me ages to get out the ground. Then I was yeah. stuck in traffic, and that was purely the reason because you know people who then get on the bus and have a ten minute ride home don't appreciate a three and a half hour journey without any holdups, without being stuck in traffic is bad, but. I, I, I totally agree with what you're saying, Brad. Yeah. It is a you're never going to please all the fans all the time, and like you no, say, you can't be one of these that you know. If we're bottom of the league and, and we're not scoring, do we? Yeah, we support the lads. I can say join the game, you get behind the lads, but you, I think you've got a right to sort of. I don't get it personal. Don't get me wrong, getting it oh, personal exactly. is too much. That's totally out of order. But you, you know, the players have got to know that the fans aren't happy with. Yeah, you should. Yeah. You should, yeah. yeah, and you should definitely be allowed to express mm. that freedom. But what I'm feeling is, 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 is I'm more aiming is to try and calm the toxicity. And I'm not saying, by no means, mate, that's not aimed at you or myself no. or anybody in these comments. This is just what I can sometimes see. And it's not just Leicester fans, I assure you that when this debate goes yeah. on, is maybe see it from the other point, person's point, but see how they're looking at it. Listen to these people that come into the comments and say, I've got a child that's going on. I don't boo, but I'm not happy with the performance. I certainly won't cheer them off. These people that kind of, like Leicester, find a happy medium. I'm not saying everybody's going to do it, and you're not going to change everybody. No. That, that I can accept. But maybe if you see a bad performance, go and queue for your pie early. And, mm. and, and ignore them people that are trying to cast you in the same shadow as others. Because you know, and anybody that knows you well enough, and the people you go to the ground with, and know the hours you spend travelling maybe, know that you do the best you can to be there for as long as possible and support your team all the way through. I guarantee you as well, them people that are leaving the ground early, for whatever reason, they're on the phone. They're on the radio on the phone. They're going on to LeicesterCity.com and they're listening to it. Or they're jumping in the yeah. car on a car park because they've got a four-hour drive and they're finding BBC Radio Leicester. Oh, yes. Trust yes, me, yes. they're still following yes. the game, yes. whether they like it or not, what they're hearing, yes. they're hoping. 
I mean, I've, I, I like most Leicester fans, I follow virtually every current Leicester player. Um, in fact, I had, I had a clear out of my social oh. media the other day, and and I still got, I was still following like Damari Gray and <laughs> Dennis Brown out there. They're going, but yeah, I would never ever dream of going on to one of their individual ones if they've had a bad game or somebody's missed yeah, a penalty exactly. and even commenting. Obviously, I've got this outlet to come on, but I think it's right to sort of look at these players. They, they are in any anybody that that. Whether even if they if it's a if it's a band and they give a bad concert or you know we're out there these days and with or without social media as people that if you go to a restaurant and have a bad meal shouldn't you be allowed to say that meal wasn't very nice of course you can uh, but you know let's face it I, I think you know I whether that whether that helped them in today's game or not I don't know but second half um, they got one back the snow came down. Um, let it snow, let it snow, let it snow. But uh, they didn't seem that much of a threat. Ranieri made some changes. And um, Emmanuel, and I always remember that as something slightly different from the 70s and 80s, uh, Emmanuel got a, got a goal. Yeah, they did. And it, it, in a weird way, when you consider that, and again, I know in my personal opinion, Watford didn't have strong, what I'd like to call strong chances. Like you can have, you know my opinion on the stats, mate. You can come up and show me the Watford had twenty-two shots and twelve on target, but if ten of them were what were straight at Casper or deflecting to Casper's gloves, I'm not really that interested. I'm talking about serious, genuine throw-on-goal chances. And unfortunately, like I said, just like the first goal, um, make us the round downfall because Leicester were actually very clever. And like as I stated earlier, I really like the fact that Leicester pretty much played the same way they've been doing, trying to get the ball forward, going back when necessary to help drag, drag Watford's out and not be sideways and backwards. But all they did was keep it more on the floor. Instead of playing a switch ball over the top, they played it on the floor. But somehow, and maybe this is just the things that Leicester are still ironing out and they're going to be ironing out. You know, it doesn't it doesn't automatically click and you don't automatically go back to being this flawless side that went 2-0, 3-0, don't concede. But Castagne lollygagged on the ball just a little bit. Maybe didn't expect it to get away from him as much on that surface. It was the only blotch on it, on what was a stellar performance by him. And the same with Ndidi. And, and, and in the end, that gave Watford away back into the game. But guess what, Chris? Just like that, Leicester went, no, we're the team in the ascendancy. We like to score when you score. So off we go. See you later. And he wasn't offside. There was no pullback. There was no foul. There was no dodgy VAR. He finally has the goal he deserves. And I know I saw the comment earlier, but I am so in agreement with it. And I think it was Rene. Uh, you'd have to bring it up. It is, Chris. Don't just think about signing him. Send him back and organise a deal with him and get Adamona looking at him because he genuinely looks the player that people have talked about from his time in the Premiership when he's been here on loan. Funny enough, under Ranieri, I believe, with and Scott Parker with um, Fulham. Yeah, I really do hope it. And I know people might say, well, we kind of did this one. No, it's a different class. This kid gets everywhere. You look at that goal that he scores, Harvey Barnes puts in a diagonal shot, knowing where Lutman is, knowing that if he doesn't go exactly where I think in the bottom corner, Lutman's tapping this and it's 4-2. Honestly, I really do like the kid. I want him to be wearing a Leicester shirt next season. And I'd rather organise it now and be our only January deals. To be, to be honest, honest with, with you. you, 
I wonder, had we not had to go out and sign uh, Vestergaard, whether we would have signed Luckman? I, I strongly would agree with that statement um, because I, I genuinely feel that the intent with the amount we were trying to negotiate was around probably the 20, 25 million mark. I could be wrong. Someone might correct me what the initial fee was of a discussion. But then obviously the injury happened and we had to dip into into that and wasn't left with enough over from what we probably were originally looking at spending or was able to spend. So it is what it is. Um, but I cannot see... Because the one, the one big thing that there's different between under and loan, uh, under's loan and, and Lutman's loan at this stage of it is this was the start of the period where Leicester were probably still playing someone on that right wing, but it wasn't under and we were scratching our heads wide. Whereas Leicester obviously yet again changed from having that two up front uh, back to a, a three up front, or well, actually in a way of five, uh, four or five up front at, at, mm. at points. Not just Barnes, but the other right winger in Lutman is getting back into that side and slotting him with ease. And he just looks like he's at a club that suits the way he wants to play football and Brennan's getting the best out of him. So if there's a January deal I want nailed on, it's ring them up, say, right, how much do you want? Let's cancel the loan. Let's get you some money early doors. Get this deal through. He's our player. You've got money. You can go and replace him. Yeah. Especially I if they still totally send 25 agree with you, you know, And I think... <sighs> We did. We did have a problem last season down that right hand side, and I think Mark Albrighton was on. You know, he had a good season last last uh, last season, and I think that's possibly what kept Under out. We were. All, I think with with Under, we hadn't seen enough of him to judge him totally. And when we had seen him at the start, he'd had a couple of good games. He'd set up Vardy. He'd got a goal, and then we hardly saw him at all. So we we weren't able to say that yeah. he had. A stinker or whatever you, but obviously over the length of time, if you know, if by not keeping under it means we get Luckman, I'm a very happy yeah. chappy. You know, I, I, yeah. I really am. And I, um, and I would say with under as well, whilst I agree with you, because I was fairly surprised not seeing as broader, but there was always when when Brennan seemed to be inadvertently asked a question in a in a way, his responses were probably still saying that he just could not adapt to the strength of the Premier League. And to be fair. You know he's not the tallest of Lutman, but he's got he's he's, he's a build. He is a build of a, of a, of, a, yeah. of a fellow to have such pace about him for what he does. You consider it, and I think he just suits Brendan a bit more, so he has a bit more faith. And, and you've seen the way he cut in for that goal. His positioning was mm -hmm. was it was was great, and I think he's just preferring that style of stature of a player um, to do the role he's asking um, because he's. And he has tried to kind of, and I, I know Leicester fans won't like me mentioning the name. I'm not the biggest fan of it, despite what he's done at the club. But we tried to emulate the Mares, the, the lean, smooth, fast, quick machine with a, a Gazelle and a Perez and, you know, and, and, and an under. We've actually gone yeah. for someone who's got a bit of broad shoulders and, and, and doesn't mind really driving at them and using it, his strength a bit. It's a little bit different, but still with the pace behind it, I'm really, I'm hoping for Lutman to be a permanent for the Leicester City team going forward because he's really impressed me when he's had the chance. Because he, he never seems to disappoint, does he? 
No, I think he's still. I mean, I think he's still only about twenty-four. So yeah, he's still young. got you know his best years to come. Uh, I yeah. know Fulham fans were disappointed um, when he got injured because uh, 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 he was up until that point they were saying his best player. So fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Oh, fingers crossed. We can uh, charge him. Charge him wire. I did. I wondered what. It sounded like you were getting a, one of those um, uh, tape measures out then, you know. But I know, I know you don't like stats, but we are just going to have a quick look at them anyway. Um, and what I mean to say that the weather was like it was, I'm going to give credit to both team there, and I ignore possession because that that doesn't really mean diddly squat, but. You know, between us, you know, 18 shots for us and 16 goal attempts for them. You know, you can't say it was a boring game, can you? No, it certainly wasn't. And then that's credit to Ranieri. If any club knows anything about the way Ranieri tries to get his team to play football, I think we're the experts are talking about it. Maybe yeah. some Chelsea fans as well could join in. I know Chelsea didn't exist until 2005 to... to, to generations new to Chelsea fans they don't know that the night is actually still had Chelsea in it and the 80s and the 70s and all that but <laughs> he, he is known to play this style of football where like I said we are probably the biggest experts on it and the biggest advocates of what it can achieve when you've got the right mentor at the club so mm. we knew this I you know I, I know I predicted um five nil and I know I probably was very bold in it um and predictions but I wasn't. But I wasn't sort of, and it might sound ridiculous saying it because you went, Brad, you went five nil. But I wasn't expecting it to be like, a, like do you remember Newcastle when they rolled over and died for us like five nil at both home and away games uh, a few seasons back? Yeah. I wasn't really expecting it to be like that. I was just expecting Leicester to out Claudio, Claudio, and it just be a case of Watford just didn't find a back in there. Then I remember that Leicester like to concede goals no matter how well the performance is. And yeah. we got six goals and we, we, we gave them two of them. So, you I know. think the fact that, that shocked me, not the fact that you went that we would score five, but the fact that you thought we would keep a clean sheet. <laughs> Probably the clean sheet, mate, let's be honest. I think, Leicester, I think Leicester have shown this season that they can score a few goals when they're on song, but they also like to concede them. So, but yeah, um, it was one of them. It was one yeah. of them games. And I've got to give credit to both mm -hmm. sides because it would have been easy for a team, and we've seen this before. Sorry, just to cut you because because it'd be easy for a team to kind of make the most out of the conditions. You know, have a player like, oh, I did, I didn't see the ball. I didn't see the ball. I didn't see. It. We can't play. I can't see you. I can't. You know, and they weren't doing that at four two or three one. And you know they could have been going, oh, I didn't see it. So that's why I passed it there. I, I thought that I couldn't see him. He's, I couldn't see him. I. I it went out of play in that. You know, Watford credit to it. They actually tried to do the harder style of it and go, I can still see him making a run. I'm going to show this referee we can still make see passes. Unless yeah. it's the same, they showed that you can stand on your feet and play it short and keep the ball under control. So, yeah, credit to Watford. I didn't at any point expect Watford to be their usual selves. It's going to be a shame in six months when they're sat 13th and they sack him. Yes, we know it's going to happen. I think yeah, that's I, a sad I, thing, on, on the stream I was watching, um, right, you know, allegedly, um, yeah. <laughs> I did hear them say that the referee was happy as long as you could see both goals. Yeah. And it didn't look, yes, it was settling, obviously, but you could see in the second half that it was coming from that side where the, 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 the cover was 
over the fans. But you can see only half the pitch was still white. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, it's, it, it's one of them because obviously we're not at the game and we're not stood on the pitch there yeah. watching it. But some angles, I was having to look at the legs for the movement, you know, to just assume what sort of pass or if they've got the interception in. I was kind of looking more at the player's movement than trying to keep my eye on the ball at times. But then when it did like a zoom in and you could see it at the player's eye level, well, at the player's level sort of thing, yeah, you could so bad, see that it, it was yeah. a bit brighter out there than yeah. it looked through a TV screen. And it, yes, it was coming down heavy, but it was... It was a, I call it fluffy snow because I can't think of any better determination. At some points, it was very big flakes that were coming down, but it wasn't like it was peltering down. So it was actually, it's actually easier to see. Um, yeah. And again, that's credits to the players because again, we have seen it and it was, I wasn't saying at any point Watford were ever going to try and attempt that when the snow came down, but we have seen teams do it in the past. Yeah. I know they yeah. change, things have changed, but they do try and make a bit of a, oh, ref, we can't play this. It's ridiculous sort of yeah. claim and, and both teams got on with it so you know fair play Watford you... yeah fair play to them um players performance and we'll come on to man of the match in, in, in a second um but we're looking here uh Madison's best game ever very excited by his corner kicks if he keeps delivering today we'll pick up we'll pick up set piece goals I don't know if it was his best um that said, for me, he was my man of the match. Um, I know you might go for another person, but I thought he had he, he, he's back in form, and I think he likes that role where he's given that bit more freedom to do what he wants. You know, he's, you know, we've seen two games where he's been demanding the ball. You know, one goal, two assists. You, you can't say anything other than you know, welcome back, James. Yeah, and, and again, that, that freedom has really helped his game. He looked like he was carrying the right weight of the world on his shoulders. He was, and again, I'll bring it up more in, 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 a, in a few minutes' time when it comes to that segment, but give, like you've just expressed there, given that extra freedom mm. has made him probably feel that he can take a set piece again, he can take a corner, because I know it's something, yes, Madison will always win you fouls, but he normally, playing the structured, very restrictive role he was playing in last season and maybe a bit at the start of this season, he was probably getting seven, eight, nine heel clippings from an opponent. And again, yes, he was still getting fouled in that way, but it was a lot less because he was, just, like I said, he was given such freedom. He looks a better player. He looks happier. For it, and again, a massive shout out to the manager and his staff in the dugout because that's that a lot of credit has to go to them as well as ever the professional matters is to bring it upon himself. He doesn't have that if he doesn't have that respect and communication with his with his staff and and his manager most importantly. So that just shows in depth how well it is working at Leicester and why. We maybe need to be a bit more patient when things aren't always going as roses. We think like they have three or four games beforehand where mm -hmm. it's not quite clicked. Because clearly the players have still have the faith in, in in what Brendan does for the club. You mentioned it there, and it is time if people were waiting and getting ready for it. The moment people people are just talking about this. 
Brad and his board. What more can I say? Here we go. Hello, everybody, and thank you, Chris, for passing over to us. So, this is how Leicester started the lineup against Watford. It was actually fairly similar in a way. And today's game really expressed where Leicester have decided the combination of slow, patient build up with their high, fast counter press. Uh, there had been a few questions I'd seen about a lot of people not understanding why Leicester were playing with both Samare and Ndidi. Um, especially given that just because your Tillemans is missing, you'd maybe express to see him in that team over, but he's not available. Um, but we know with Samore, he's more inclined to be slightly more forward. Um, so people thought that maybe Samore was being restricted to held in a defensive way. But this is how it worked for Leicester. So you just have to bear with me because I'm dealing with... with Trying to show everybody the lineup. It was a four, two, three, one for you guys that are just listening in and cannot see this whiteboard. But this is the defensive thing that Leicester got right today. What Leicester got right today, and I'm trying do try and express these with the colours that I use for the obvious defending and and, and midfield sort of roles. Um, but what Leicester's right today is every time, no matter where they lost the ball. So even if Leicester's Leicester's line lost, whether it was a defender or whether it was a midfielder, the the lowest line, which to kind of give a contrast, if I say that this is Casper's full-size box and here is the halfway line to give it some form of contrast, Leicester's deepest line actually never sat any further than halfway between the edge of the box and, and the halfway line. Then people may say, well, that doesn't really seem bad. But if you go back and look at other displays where Leicester have kept a line of three, either playing with a natural three at the back or someone filling in, it's the reason it allows for Leicester to play a two-man central defensive midfield is Leicester always have a line. And the previous problems that Leicester had is they were sitting far too deep. And then that meant that Ndidi or Samore and the midfielders were having to take more risks because they had to then propel an attack to fill that gap and then get forward themselves, which left Leicester exposed. However, with between rotating between Ndidi and Samore, the higher press line was showing. And that meant that even if Casper threw a ball out here and it went straight out for a throw or was picked up by a Watford player, or the ball was played here and a pass was maybe cut out going towards Ndidi from, from the back line, that the middle, that the covering centre back, uh, central defensive midfielder, was alongside the pairing of Soyuncu and Evans, which meant that Leicester could still drop back a little bit, but also hold that line and drop back a lot slower to not only allow Luke Thomas and on the right Castagne to fill in them gaps, whether that was out on the wide to stop Watford breaking down and getting in behind the Leicester's high line press, or it was to fill the gap just a little bit whilst the other midfielder was chasing back. And that's pretty much how Leicester played the majority of the game. And it's granted at times when Watford came forward that Leicester were reverted to playing very deep and closer to their own box. 
But what that also then allowed was Leicester to almost play a high-line wing-back to press out on the wings and force the opposition into the middle. Because not only did Ndidi, and we'll get onto his antics in the box, packing it in Ndidi, otherwise you'll be off this board, right? He filled the gap for the midfield. It then allowed Bukori Samare, and it also allowed at points Lukeman, which was very surprising to see. But then it allowed Barnes to also be not too close to the action, but just in plain line of view for a loose ball. It then also allowed Jamie Vardy to be sat where he likes to play. And what that meant is probably depending on the side the attack came down is to whether it was from the right and Lutman was probably shoring up that gap there sort of role or if they were attacking down the left, which would allow Harvey Barnes to then get back in and really squeeze that middle. It also meant that depending on that side, so if it was Harvey Barnes squeezing the middle, that Luke Thomas could be on the front foot and be pressed forward and vice versa on the right if it was Lutman trying to squeeze that defensive middle, that Castagne found himself free to be able to push forward. And what that then allowed is all of a sudden Leicester would pick up the ball in the middle here, Lutman would use his pace, Harvey Barnes would progress up the field, the wing-backs, that which they would become, would then join that attack and Vardy could then start to push Watford hurriedly back. And that's where Leicester got the most joy because all of a sudden on the front foot, whilst Leicester were working it up the pitch quickly, with their front men and the danger men and the wingers, the gap wasn't left because that allowed Ndidi to push quicker out whilst these two got their shape back, but also caught up to him to then stretch that back line. So while it was high press, it was very well covered. And that's exactly what Leicester did perfectly in transition all game. They perfectly, and sorry to my little midfield man, he was missing there. He was just watching on from the stands. Um, I forgot to include him in that. But again, that that's just the pivotal point of James Madison in the attack which again I will get on to now but that's how Leicester transitioned the transition was brilliant from defensive attack they did the mix of pace and patience and were willing to make sure that the furthest they would go back was halfway into their own half none of this nonsense of a ball getting passed back to Evans and he's got Kyle Sonchu and, and Marty next to him and Casper there and starting from deep in their half that was something that was very notable so I'm just going to quickly because I know Chris um, doesn't like these segments to drag on and though he's listening is watching on Sky. But Madison, one of the main threats today, I would agree that it probably wasn't his best game for Leicester. He's probably had many in the memories. But Madison here normally operates in what I call a box roll. And the box roll is just before the halfway line and just be, just at the edge of the area. But it's very restrictive in what he can do. He was normally running a line between there to collect the ball, there to push push forward. And what that meant is if he ever tried to kind of really push his limits on maybe his extended area, which they call the allowance area, which is like the area where you're allowed to go in it, but don't really stray into it too much if possible matters, was very easy for defenders to go, right, he's going to pass it that way. I'm going to recover back. You get clipped, you take a shoulder barge, you go down. And what that meant is Madison probably lost a bit of confidence in that area. What we saw today, and this will quickly sum up the last of my tactic analysis for it, uh, focusing on a player today, is Madison was given this sort of freedom. He was given this freedom. He was given the full range. If he had to come short on his defensive duty and be the second highest behind Vardy in the attack and picking it just inside our half, just over the halfway line, he was there. He could have been there for that side. He could have been there for that side. 
He could have been there if, if Barnes needed help on the wing. He could have been there to help Vardy, which he did superbly for the first goal. He did that perfectly because his little shadowed run wasn't picked up by the Watford defender. He saw Vardy. He thought, I can duck my head because the ball's going to go through to my goalkeeper. Madison said, thank you very much, mate. It's not going to go to goalkeeper, though, and scored. Madison was given the freedom of that midfield. Not to do as he's pleased, clearly something they worked on, but to be able to support and roam so he's not predictable. He got clipped far less today, and that's all come about from Rogers and the guys working on the scenes and going, right, here's plan A. Plan A is slow, slow, and sideways. And plan B is gun. Oh, I've got that wrong. I'll just write that out. Aggression. Right. And and what Brendan Rogers has actually done is instead of trying to figure out how to work that and that, he's gone, hold on, I'll add that together. And honestly, you look back over that 90 minutes and tell me that Leicester don't calculate, given the conditions as well, fairly well, when to be patient and when to press. And that was the biggest difference we've seen in Leicester's performances over the last few weeks. Thanks for that, Chris. Thanks for being no. patient with me that. No, no, no. It, you, you, you summed it up well, a lot better, a lot better than I could. Uh, just the funny thing is, just looking at your action board here. I'm just looking at the BBC's one, which may be a bit more, bit more sort of <laughs> use of um, of graphics and what have you. But apparently, it's Man United uh, drawing nil nil at Chelsea at half time. But apparently, Chelsea, Man United have only had two touches or two players inside Chelsea's um, penalty box. And apparently, one of those was Fred falling over. So... <laughs> <laughs> well, well. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, good evening to David. How are you, sir? Welcome along. Uh, Jeff says, um, perhaps if Leicester played in the same colours as Brad uses, I would begin to understand. It doesn't come with the eleven blue ones, uh, Jeff. Yeah, S sorry, James. I do. That's why I try and be as descriptive as I can because I don't actually have eleven blue counters. They're no. all multicolored. Uh, Brookline uh, says you should draw Tillman sitting on the bench. <laughs> Madison has been freed. Um, I just think, yeah. If you know, somebody's just said if if Tillman's comes back in, will Madison still get that same freedom? Um, I, I would like, I would actually like to think so. In the, in the greatest respect to Tillemans, uh, yes. Uh, in the greatest respect to Tillemans, if if this is what we're going to see going forward for Leicester, then he's got injured, injured or not. Don't like a player being injured. Always want to see them be able to play for Leicester City, especially someone of his talent. Um, I want to see playing for Leicester when fit and available, but. If you're gonna, if we're gonna sit here as Leicester fans and say, maybe in that show should play because Vardy's gone on like an eight-nine game score, uh, get get game run without scoring, which we've done before as fans. And if you're gonna sit here and say Madison's off the boil, get Dewsby Hall in, give give, give it to him and drop him, then Madison's in great form. Do something extra on that training ground to see if Brennan, you know, sit and wait your turn. In, in the mm. nicest sense to him, just yeah. sit and wait your turn because right now you're not going to get back in that team no matter who you are. Um, indeed, indeed. 
Okay, so um, just before we finish on this match, this is what is going to be coming up next. We've got a busy week next week at 7 o'clock tomorrow night. That's Monday. We've got a Watford fan joining us. Um, that'll be interesting because it's been a long time since I spoke to an opposing fan when we've actually won. So uh, that will be nice. Uh, and he'll be talking about his thoughts on Claudio. And then uh, tomorrow night at 9, we've got the first of the two prediction show, Brad. So I'll see you back then. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, looking, I'm looking forward to that. I don't know why. Yeah. I don't know why. Don't know why. Don't know why. Quickly moving on. <laughs> Tuesday at 7, uh, we've got the Southampton preview uh, with, with, with Craig. And then uh, on Tuesday at 9, the double header again, X on the pitch with um, Julian uh, Watts, and we'll be talking, I think, defensive things with Julian on that one, just for a change. Uh, Wednesday, of course, we've got the match. Now, I don't wish to actually sort of jinx this, but last time that we played Southampton away in a night game, and I went, also was the last time Alan, who does our, our match stats, went, we won 9-0. So could it happen? I Mate, hope it's not going to rain. I've already said it. They've done it on the <laughs> Super 6 when it does that. I've already put it in, mate. I've already penciled it in. Well, fingers crossed. But I, I hope it doesn't rain like it did in that game because I'm sat about three rows from the front, so I'd get absolutely soaked if it is. Uh, so as you can imagine, it will be late back that night, so there'll be no post-match there. You've very kindly agreed to do that on the Thursday at 7, Brad. And I'll have you twice that night. I'll have sloppy seconds with you because we've then got the prediction show at 9. We just can't keep us apart, can we? At Hello. 9 for the... Um, for the, the weekend games. And then, of course, on Friday at 7, we've got the Aston Villa preview uh, with us. So it's going to be a busy week next week. Um, but uh, it'd be great because it's the first match I've been to, live match this season. And um, I don't go to as many now because I don't have the season ticket. So it's nice to get that chance to go to go away and watch them. It's a ground that hasn't been totally um, horrible to us. Now, man of the match, I told you, I thought, it was Madison. I've got to be honest with you. I think he um, he deserved it. It was one of, well, say one of his best games. He's just coming back into form. You've got two um, two assists and and a goal. Um, this is the way that Alan Bennett, who does our uh, post-match stats as he leaves the stadium, saw the match. He's gone for Jamie Vardy, which they have on the BBC, to be honest with you. And I know Jerry Taggart just edged it for Vardy because of the two goals uh, on LCFC Radio. Um, Madison was his second. Uh, and seven for the manager, seven for the team. And I know there's a couple earlier in the chat, Brad. If I, um, if I go right back to the beginning of, of, if I can find it, he says, famous last words. Um, where are we? Here we go. And they also went for Vardy as well. Um, Rene went for Vardy. Um, and David went for Vardy as well. What about yourself? 
you know what? I sat there and watched Madison's performance and thought, if Vardy did that, he'd definitely get man of the match. See, the thing is, they both did their jobs and more, yeah. probably over the average expectation over the 90 minutes. You expect a striker to have a good game, maybe get a, and get a goal. You know, he's done his job really well. But as a number 10, and adding to the fact that, you know, literally what we've just touched upon as a topic, with the likelihood that, I mean, Tillman's, I can't see him taking that role off Samore any time in, in that role. And I can't see him under current form coming straight back in and taking Madison's position. So I think for what was needed for Madison to start making that position more of a regular thing, and he's got a few weeks to do that with Tillman's injury, I believe. Um Someone might correct me in the comments and say he's no, back. I think, you, I think you're right on that. They said like, a couple of weeks into December, possibly. Yeah. So I'm going to say, considering we can be quite critical of him, and it's a nice sort of critical in a way, because we know and he knows, you can tell by the way he responds to things, that he knows he's not always been at his fluent best. Um, but given this, I would actually give it to Madison. Yeah, no, I genuinely you... believe on, on terms of need for a performance to continue on from mm. midweek, he really impressed me. He got two goals and an assist. And his his assist was borderline just as good as Jamie Wilder's flip for the goal. Right. I just wanted to say to you there, um, Brad, that I wasn't going really like, oh, uh, your, your choice of Madison. It's just Man United have just scored against Chelsea. Uh, <laughs> see, see I, I hate to say it, but I, I've been following a few people on, on, on that and watching a few shows and I said Manchester United might take on this new change of regime, if you will, bounce and beating currently top of the league. And they're not playing Ronaldo, so... No, Jordan Sancho got the goal. So oh, um, maybe he, he's coming into form. Um, so <laughs> that just pushes us down because I did the table and this was as it stood post-match. But in fairness, uh, we have dropped down one position from this as things stand at the moment. Um, I haven't actually even even loaded it. But, but so with the table as things stand at the moment, we've actually gone up and we are, let me just have a look here, we are in 10th position on 18 points, only two off top six now um and wolves who are still sat in there um we were we were ninth but man united decided to go and prove that you know maybe carrick should should get the wheel full time but we're nine points off the bottom three so yeah you know yeah well it just shows what a difference a few games can do to yeah. you in football we gone went from bottom to top by europa league um yeah napoli are suddenly not looking the most difficult side to play. I'm sure that'll be a completely different story when we play them. Yeah. However, all of a sudden, Leicester win, the two points off top six, and things are finally coming up Millhouse. If you know the reference, you know the reference. But, you know, um, it just shows how, how, and it goes back to what you said yourself earlier, just how close this season is. Yes, It's nice to see, in a weird way, and all of a sudden, the gap between us and where we were before kickoff is nine. And, you know, the gap mm. between where we want to be and where we were is, like you literally said, is now two. So, 
Southampton up midweek. We go down to that one, and based on the form of both clubs currently, in return of recent results performances, I'm 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 hopeful it continues past um, you know into next week. Oh, and as you mentioned that, um, let's have a look no, at. Um... Hey, Scott, are you all right? Um, Toy just Jeff says here, sloppy seconds, my hashtag name. <laughs> Again, as we always say, another time, another show. I think, uh, I think there, Jeff. Um, yeah, I don't, I've got, I've got nowhere to go with that, and I, uh, where, where, where I could go, I'm definitely not going to. Um, but let's have a look at upcoming games so after Watford we have got Southampton away now just looking at it um they're sat there in 15th place at the moment um did they win this weekend or did they lose they got thumped by Liverpool mate oh they did 4-0 that is quite correct so we've got we've got them coming up then we've got Villa who let's face it that they, they had a good result against Palace at the weekend didn't they yeah, yeah. Um, I'm not allowed to speak about them because you banned the talk of predictions in there. But yeah, Villa, Villa did well. Um, again, feeling the effects of Steven Gerrard um, very, very well. Got a bit of reprieve because they were initially down to 10 men at 1-0, yeah. but then VAR stepped in and it was deemed a yellow card. Um, I didn't list, I didn't watch the game or anything, so I, don't, I didn't see no, the foul myself. No. But um I know Southampton yeah. lost to, to Norwich as well. Um, yes. So may, maybe it's a good time to play Southampton. Then, of course, Normally they don't the... seem to like the winter, mate. They don't seem to they like don't. the winter. Every time they come around, the 9-0's only around the corner for them. I know. Carry on FA picking us evening games away at uh, St Mary's. And then, of course, yeah. the big one against uh, Napoli. Now, uh, uh, a, week on when, a week on Thursday, I think it is, isn't it? So... Um, that's all to play for there. Yes. Yes, yes, it is. And, and of course, it just, you know, and it's the fact the Leicester went from bottom of their group to top. Um, the one pleasing thing for Leicester is it's probably, in, 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 in a weird way, considering how both teams go, Leicester have probably got a higher percentage of guaranteeing top two, regardless of the result. At Naples, obviously Leicester will go out there with the intent to get the correct result. I mean, a draw would still, you would assume, do that for Leicester. I believe it does anyway. Um, yeah. So Leicester, have to I don't think we can come bottom, can we? No, we can't. We physically yeah. cannot come bottom because yeah. of the fixtures of what's left. Um, yeah. So whether whether Leicester Leicester fans will obviously hope be hoping it's in the latter, but it one way or another, it's either. Europa League conference or you, you know Europa League knockout stages at Leicester in I would say we'd get Spurs but they're finding a way to kick themselves out of the group at the moment so you know yeah. Um, but yeah Leicester will be assured European football and I think that kind of played its part a little bit in today's game um, yes, because it was off them a little bit yeah, you know, in, in, in the weirdest sort of way it's, it's in their hands I know it's going away from home you could say it's a bit advantageous but if Leicester could go out and put in a performance like they did against Liga Warsaw and the result elsewhere kind of maybe peters out to a draw 
or or the team with the le- lesser points wins that game and can't catch Leicester, then Leicester still top the group and they're actually, you know, they, they'll get. I think I think I think that'd be kind of just to turn the form around if Leicester don't yeah. lose their next two games, maybe pick up four points because Villa away is going to be a bit more of a difficult challenge. Yeah, uh, if they're in the form they're in, but if you could get through that and say Leicester have really turned a corner, if they can top the group and avoid an extra round in Europe, it's going to make post December a bit easier oh, for Leicester is. to manage it well. We'll have we'll have two less games to play and less exactly. travelling. Anthony, good evening, sir. Thank you that you think we'll get six points. You've more confidence in us than we have. Scott says it here. Um, good evening, Scott. Performances are getting better. Still a f- few issues at the back, but at least we seem to have more few flair in attack. Yeah. And I think, for me, getting the performances that we've we've had in the last two games, and I keep, I'm dreading the fact that it's going to be another false dawn because we've said this after Man United and it, and it didn't um, come through, but... You know, when, when you look at our games, we have got a really, really tough December. You know, Villa's not going to be as easy as we thought it was maybe a few weeks ago. Suddenly that's become tougher. We've got the Napoli game thrown in there. Uh, we've got Newcastle who are going to be fighting for their lives. We've then got Spurs, Everton, Liverpool in the Carling Cup, Man City on Boxing Day and Liverpool on the 28th. It's a tough old December, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it it is, but you know that old cliche as well. There's no games really easy, um, except for on paper, as a game easy in football. Um, it's yeah. never as easy as it's supposed to be. But there's a bit of difference between Leicester playing the, the next couple of games than they did with the with like you said, maybe the false dawn against Manchester United is. We've probably sat here now and witnessed two games in a week and listening to the way Roger said that, you know, he literally in his own words said that was what we've been waiting for. That's when, you know, I understand. And obviously, Scott's very right. There is still a few defensive issues. But I think Brendan's kind of, and this is why I stress again, and it's clearly something that he's more happier to do. It's a lot easier to fix a simple problem, which is step it up a gear, go back to the counter press, make it higher up the pitch. They can do that a lot easier than focusing all the eggs on one basket, which is do not concede. Because, mm. and I don't know if anyone does follow the women's team over the last few games, uh, unfortunately, the performances didn't want results. Um, and unfortunately, uh, Leicester City women's parted ways with Morgan as the manager. Um but you, I kept an eye on them games and saw as much as as them could, and the performances improved. But they were so desperate to get that first point on the board for the women's team that inadvertently they conceded a late goal against Brighton and they conceded a late goal against Everton, um, which has obviously coincided with with Morgan being relieved of his duties as Leicester women's manager. Leicester probably got into that situation where Bron- Brendan was able to I know it's a different comparison to our women's team to men in terms of the women's have taken on an absolute new venture this season this is something surreal and new to them whereas Leicester City have been in the Premier League now for a few seasons and have enough about them to now to do it that Brendan was able to revert back to something and say let's not be afraid to concede and let's get right what we know we can do right and as we've seen over seasons we actually do it a lot better than other teams which is score yeah, that classic England song. 
going to score more than you. Well, Leicester actually are quite good at doing that when it seems necessary. Yeah, just I just you've got to love Scouser's senses of humour. Uh, BBC uh, Nathan, who's a Liverpool fan, has just said Carrick has proven he's up to the job. United need to appoint him permanently ASAP. <laughs> and on that note, Nathan, it's a great way to end the show, Brad. Thank you so much. I'll be moving in with you next week. And, yeah, uh, might as well do, mate. Might as well let's, do. Let's hope we have as much fun and, and good things to talk about as we have these last two games. Yes, I'm hoping so, mate. I'm hoping that I'm right and this is the start of it and it's not a false dawn. We'll yeah. soon find out because we've not got many days to wait, have we? Not at all. Not at all. Um, on, uh, on Wednesday, Southampton away. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed, mate. Fingers crossed. Brilliant. Right. Thank you so much. I'll let you go in and enjoy what's left of your Sunday. And uh, I will see you tomorrow night at nine o'clock, sir. I shall see you tomorrow at nine, mate. And thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Do hit the sub button and, and, and hit the like button because Chris does great work for the channel. And I really wouldn't have anything yes, to do with the whiteboard if I didn't. <laughs> Cheers, mate. And your whiteboard is Brad and his board. This is why you've got your own jingle now. It is such a, a good part of the show. <laughs> I'm glad I do it. And I'm glad I speak sense to most people. Uh, and don't worry to those that you that keep bringing it up. I will be ordering some more. So I will have an all blue one. And I'll try and get another one for the opposition. So you can tell for those that are watching it live, can tell the difference between a Leicester player and an opposition player. I, I did um I did obviously put that one up on TikTok and put it as a as a link and and people just some people are just I don't know whether they are naturally thick or whether they actually practice in front of the mirror but you know they, they think oh this is a clip so I don't know the full story but I'm going to go out and say you've got 12 things on the board because we're only allowed 11 because there's only 11 in a team and like it's a clip of the show put your plug your brains in recharge them and just think maybe it's part of the show and the others the other ones might be the strikers i, I give up sometimes i do give up brad but uh <laughs> there we go hopefully you won't and as always you and your board are always welcome that's uh, very good to hear because uh, he's got to pay rent now. Told him he can't just keep it in his way like that. It's white boy says, go out and get a job if you uh, cast it out. <laughs> you will be on the BBC before we know it. Thanks very much, and I'll see you uh, tomorrow much, night. Take yeah, care. I will see you tomorrow. Cheers. Thanks to Brad, as always, there. Am I going to sneeze? I don't think I am. I'm hopefully that will have gone. Um, thanks, Jeff, for those few kind words. They mean a lot. Um, Man United of I'm going to sneeze. Oh, excuse me. Oh God, don't you just hate that? Excuse me. Oh God, you hate that when uh, when you you're about to. And you know, I hate, I hate it. Um, thanks yet for those few kind words, Jeff. Make me sneeze, but I uh, do appreciate them. Full week next week. Say two prediction shows with Brad. Uh, two post matches with Brad. Uh, yeah, two post-matches with Brad and uh, Steve Leinick's turning up as well for the predictions on both of those. So it'll be great to have him on. Don't forget, if you've enjoyed the show, please do as it says there and give us a subscribe. Um, it does mean an awful lot. Shows your support for the channel uh, if you're on YouTube and press the likes button on the video. It really does help us out and it does in, uh, as it helps the channel out and shows your support for us as well. Um, it's been great if you want to catch up and if you've missed the show at all of course 
on YouTube. You can watch it on Leicester Till I Die TV. And I tell you what, if you want to listen to the show, it's available on all the main podcasts, including Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Podcast Addict, Anchor, and many more. Uh, just ask, um, or if you've got a smart speaker, ask it to play the podcast, Lester Till I Die. It has been unbelievable. We've literally had been doing the podcast. We only started it last November. It was a throwaway remark, and um, it was actually uh, a Craig who said, why don't you do it as a podcast? Some people want to listen to it. Over 12,000 plays. It is amazing, guys. Thank you so, so much. We are going to be back tomorrow night, 7 o'clock. We'll be speaking with the Watford fan. I might just enjoy that, methinks. I'll see you there. Good night. Stay safe. Oh, ho, 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 ho. Thank you for watching. Have a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Hello, Matt Elliott here. Hi, Alan Smith here. Hey guys, Ian Hume here. Hi everybody, Jerry Taggart here. Be sure to watch Chris and Leicester Till I Die TV for all the latest Leicester City news and information. You can also subscribe on YouTube and various social media channels for the latest updates and news. Come on, you foxes! This is Chris from Sports Social Podcast Network. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The number one selling product of its kind with over 20 years of research and innovation. Botox Cosmetic, out botulinum toxin A, is a prescription medicine used to temporarily make moderate to severe frown lines, crow's feet and forehead lines look better in adults. Effects of Botox Cosmetic may spread hours to weeks after injection, causing serious symptoms. Alert your doctor right away as difficulty swallowing, speaking, breathing, eye problems, or muscle weakness may be a sign of a life-threatening condition. Patients with these conditions before injection are at highest risk. Don't receive Botox Cosmetic if you have a skin infection. Side effects may include allergic reactions, injection site pain, headache, eyebrow and eyelid drooping, and eyelid swelling. Allergic reactions can include rash, welts, asthma symptoms, and dizziness. Tell your doctor about medical history, muscle or nerve conditions including ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease, myasthenia gravis, 
or Lambert-Eden syndrome and medications, including botulinum toxins, as these may increase the risk of serious side effects. For full safety information, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. See for yourself at BotoxCosmetic.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.